Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thanks for having me, my I'm friend. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we have the opportunity to um, talk more about coaching and how it affects people's lives. How did you get into doing this again? Uh, it was just I was teaching sales training and I knew it wasn't working and I figured <laughs> the key is I've got to I've got to figure out how to coach and coach the managers to teach sales training. When I did that, it was like magic. It was like, boom, this works. And then I realized that the, the real component is for people to learn how to coach. And if they learn how to coach, they can manage more effectively. They get higher performance and and I can show people ROAs of, of the efforts of that. So love it and, and love working with and it. And that's the real key of what you're communicating is that other training doesn't work. When you teach people to coach, it makes the potential go way high, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, if people want to have hire me to come in and do training, I'll do training and then mm-hmm. people forget in three months. But if I come in and I teach member, you know, their, their staff, their management team how to coach, Guess what? Then you reinforce those concepts, you reinforce accountability, and ta-da, you get the results you want. You get the potential you want. You get the profits you want. You get the return you want. And Excellent. And everybody's working on the same hymnal, same page. So I, I love it, and uh, and it's just a great tool. Well, you're so enthusiastic about it, and I know there's probably no challenges at all in coaching, right? There's none. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> it, it just works so easily. So we can actually just skip this podcast. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a piece of cake. But. Perfect. No, that's what you're going to talk about today, some, some challenges that people face, and also how to overcome them. Those challenges absolutely challenges to coaching and challenges to delegation so those, those are some of the okay. issues what, what when you think about coaching what do you think is like the biggest constraints in coaching uh, i hear this all the time numero uno not enough time mm. and so because sometimes i was i was just doing training last week in texas uh two days sold out everything was great and while i was doing the, the training uh, we literally couldn't get anybody else in the room, and the, the room was so packed, we couldn't get right. else in the room. So that, that's always great when when folks see that. Mm-hmm. But but one of the things is people. I'd, I'd, I'd ask people, you know, on the flip chart, you know, why don't we coach? And people say immediately too much time. And then we talk about okay, it takes too much time. Then if you if you if it takes so much time, then why are you working so many hours? Mm-hmm. And they said, well. Because I don't sometimes, have enough time? Right. I'm just, it's so much easier myself to mm. just do it sometimes. Rather than explain to somebody or coach them how to do it, it's just easier to do it. And so I came up with the concept of 70 hours of easy. Uh, you know, all these managers are working overtime, and because it's just easier to do it themselves. And what they're really, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 70 hours of easy. <laughs> That's great. I won't tell anybody to do this because if I told them how to do that, then they could do it and I might be able to go home earlier. Because I asked them also, I said, are your employees going home on time? Yeah. And you're working late? Yeah. And how does that feel? Well, that sucks. Okay. Well, they say it sucks, but it, it also makes them feel important. Their ego is involved with it, right? Oh, a- absolutely. Their, their ego is one of the, the – does, you know, does ego play a role? There's no yeah. question. It, it's a huge aspect of it. And, and one of them is they just lo- they, the sense of if I delegate to people and I coach them how to improve, I lose control. Right. And everyone's still, you know, they want to maintain that control, that ego, that process. So giving up control is a basic ingredient of leadership. If you don't do it, you're not leading. And I just think that's such an important aspect of it is to uh, you got to let, let go. Because mm-hmm. the goal is our job is not to get work done through people, but to get people done through right. work. And if you're not if you're not doing that, you're not leading, you're not growing, you're not going to the next step. 
Right. Well, that reminds me of the, you know, Harry Truman's famous quote. Mm-hmm. I know you know all of them. Sure. But he said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. Why aren't managers have more of that mindset, you think? It's just remarkable. I mean, I think they, they want credit uh, for things, you know, and, and, and I'll give you an example. There was a situation recently I was working on and, and somebody saw, I, I, they said, did you see the press release? And I said, oh yeah, I saw the press release. And, and they were basically calling me to gig me because they didn't put me in the press release. Huh. It, it, exactly. It just, you know, it's just one of those things of human nature, just a little jab. Yeah. And, but they didn't realize I didn't care. Okay. Right. I let's fix it. I don't have to get credit for it being fixed. Mm-hmm. I just want it fixed. And, and it was almost surprising to them that, you know, I, I, that didn't bother me. And, and it's the Harry Truman quote. It's amazing what you can accomplish. You don't care who gets the credit. And I think the, the, the other important key here is the great paradox of leader is leaders are not measured by what they accomplish. And I, I know that seems strange, but I truly measures by how many leaders they create mm-hmm. because, a, 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 you know, a great manager Certainly, they accomplish things, but they accomplish things through people. But the real accomplishment of a, of a leader is creating more leaders. You know, can they duplicate themselves? Can they pour themselves into other people so they feel confident and self-assured that they can, in fact, do the task we want them to do? That next generation of leaders. So how do you instruct people to understand that concept so they don't fear like they're losing something you know if you delegate you're losing either your expertise mm -hmm. or your responsibility Um, that's like the natural instinct Mm -hmm. that people may think they have how do you get past that that that's a great question that is a great question and i I will tell you one of the best ceos i've ever seen uh, managed a large financial institution in uh, milwaukee and while he was managing them I never ever heard him say me or I. I mean, he was just remarkable at it. It was always the team or they did this or she did this or he did this. And he was just absolutely revered by his team. And so the great paradox of leadership is we think that if we do accomplishments and we get credit for those accomplishments, um, then that's leadership. And, right. and it's not. It's it's building other folks. And so if they really – it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit, but it's amazing uh, 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 what you can accomplish is when you build other leaders and don't try to take their credit, when you give them their credit. And guess what? They'll recognize you. It will come around, but it takes some faith to, to do that. But that's the that's the real key of a, of a great leader. And, and I love what Lao Tzu said. He was the actual the, – uh, the philosopher who started Taoism. And he said, the leader is best when his work is done, the goals are fulfilled, and the people will say, we did it ourselves. Lao Tzu. And, and I think that's the key of a, of a great leader is to as clearly adopt that mindset as you can, and then you'll be a, you can be a great coach, you can be a great leader. So you really, to be that good coach, you have to work with everyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe too many leaders or managers are... They got that Frank Sinatra syndrome, or you know, they want to die. I did it my way, so they're afraid that they're going to have to um, have other people do it their way. You know, that's the that's the issue. And and we were talking about this earlier. I was doing a a, a phone conference with a client that's actually overseas. Uh, who would have thought I have clients overseas? But <laughs> yeah. I was on the phone with a client overseas, and and, uh, and their HR manager was on the call, and we were talking about delegation and coaching, and she made a great point. She says, I don't know if we want to delegate, you know, processes that we're already doing, and I think that's an important key is, you know, if you've already set up processes, 
then people need to do those processes. Right. Now, if they come to you and say, I've got a better way to do this, then let's look at the better way to make the wheel. But most of the time, most organizations... Okay, have, I understand. I was confused here. Because you, what you're saying is that you don't want to delegate where they do um, their own process every time they mm-hmm. do a task. Mm-hmm. But you do want to delegate where they follow the process and they're responsible for it. Yeah, right? that they follow the... If you've got a process, you know, keep the process. Right. But if you're talking about a new concept idea within the team... Then it's it's okay to delegate and talk about a new way to create, mm-hmm. create the wheel, and we'll talk about effective I, delegation okay. techniques at the end of this podcast. That makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, but you're absolutely right. The Frank Sinatra uh, syndrome, <laughs> and 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 I was actually going to ask you, you, what do you mean by that? So our listeners know kind of what in your mind, what's the Frank Sinatra? Uh, well, my my uh, one of his famous most famous songs is "My Way," and right. managers want to do it uh. my way. <laughs> You know? <laughs> and so you came up with a title for it. You actually give it a label, the Frank Sinatra label. Have you not heard label. that? Yeah, okay. I, 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 I yeah. have it. I was trying to make sure I knew where you were going. I thought you had. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and then managers have to do it their way. That's the yeah. That's the thing. Because they, they think they can they can save time and do it better, right? Save yeah. time and do it better. And oh, they might even get 70 hours of easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Spend content. all that time. But at the beginning, it's almost always true. You can do it better yourself. But over time, you can't. And I, and I love what a mentor said to me when I was younger. Uh, he told me, he said, if someone can do the job 80% as well as you can, it's probably worth releasing it to them. Mm-hmm. And because if, if they can do four-fifths of it uh, and get it almost all the way done, then you've got, and let's say it takes two hours to do that project, and they, and they do an hour and a half worth of work or an hour and 45 minutes worth of work. It only takes you 15 minutes to finish it. By golly, then do that. You know, Have them do that process that, that gets that product to that point. Now, if a manager happens to delegate too much, mm-hmm. do they lose their like usefulness to the organization? You know, that I think that is the, the great dilemma. Fear? Yeah, the great fear that managers have when they become so effective that they actually lose credibility with the organization. And and I look at it this way. You can't hide excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, so will a senior manager recognize that you're building your employees, that you're building your folks, that you're building an organization, that you're that your organization is is highly productive. Uh, you've got a great team spirit. You've got a great esprit de corps. You can't hide that. Mm-hmm. You know, the word gets out that, hey, this is somebody you want to work for. And if you learn to coach and delegate effectively, guess what? People will want to work for you. Right. I mean, there's no greater compliment than somebody leaving a department or leaving a business to say, come back to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's just a, an incredible thing. So uh, some people think they might be delegated out of a job before it. And that's not the case. If you, You'll be given more responsibility when you can give more responsibility to other people. Right. And, and when you're delegating... To other people doesn't mean you're not working. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's what, if you think you're delegating and getting rid of work, then you're right. not really focused on the work of coaching. Right. right. You're not focused on the work of coaching, but you're also not strategic in your department. You know, you're not thinking about where do we need to go next? What do we need to do next? What can, what can we do to be more efficient? Uh, all of those kinds of thoughts are so critical to your success. By coaching people and delegating to them, you build them up. I did an exercise this last week um, with my uh, folks because, again, uh, when I was – you know, when I'm presenting, if I say people, this is how you feel or don't feel when people coach. And if I just tell them that, <laughs> they may, it's like the Peanuts commercial or, or the Peanuts show, you know, wah, wah, right, wah, wah, right. wah, the teacher talking. You never see the teacher's head or the face. Uh, you just see the kids and, and you see the teacher talking. And, and so if I say it in a presentation, this is how you feel or don't feel uh, when people delegate to you. 
So I gave him an exercise. I said, this side of the room, uh, how do people feel when they, when you, when people don't delegate to you, how do you feel? And then the other side of the room, how do you feel when people do delegate to you? And so I had both sides of the room do that, took a flip chart, put a line right down the middle. And I said, how do you feel when people uh, don't delegate to you? Worthless, uh, useless, uh, ineffective. Why mm-hmm. am I here? Um, un, uh, 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 underappreciated. Uh, one person said unnoticed. Uh, mm. You know what an incredibly that's the pa- worst thing. Yeah, you, I mean you're just yeah. you're just invisible, and I just thought that was incredibly powerful. But then when they delegate to you and they coach with you and they ask you your opinion and they say what do you think, they felt valued, they felt important, they felt validated, they felt significant, they felt like they're contributing to the team, they felt like a team player, they felt uh, they felt like they were energized, they felt they were empowered, they were they they had value. And so when we when we coach or don't coach, people experience those levels of emotions instantaneously. And the key is when I was doing the presentation and I asked them this, I said, how powerful that exercise been if I would have told you those answers? Because guess what? I knew those answers. <laughs> I've done this before and yeah. before and before, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted them to process. And the key is with effective coaching is where is the thought bubble. Mm-hmm. You want the thought bubble to be over your employee. You want them to be thinking. You want to be, them to be processing. If the thought bubble is over your head, then they're making work. They're making you work too hard. And so I just think that's another important aspect uh, of delegation. So I think that's the that's the key. So, so probably one of the things that people said, um, if they're not being delegated, it means they're not being trusted. Mm-hmm. It's a lack of trust. Absolutely. It's just, if somebody doesn't delegate to you, it's like it's like a parent who won't let you give, give you the car. You know, don't you mm, trust me with right. it? Or you know, a parent who won't you won't let you and your you know sixteen years old babysit your your siblings because what don't you trust me? Mm-hmm. And uh, you want people to trust you. You want you want to build that trust, and you want to also be uh, a manager who who people say to you. You know, I, I I really love working for this person because they trust me with a tremendous amount of responsibility. They've they've helped me grow and expand beyond limits that I thought I could have. So th- that trust you just said keyword grow and grow mm-hmm. grow towards their potential. Mm-hmm. If you don't delegate, you're limiting your employees, right? You're limiting your employees, but more importantly, you're limiting your career mm. uh, because if you don't delegate, you can't do it all. 70 hours of easy doesn't work, okay? But if you can delegate effectively and you've got your employees working at their highest potential, then you're multiplying yourself significantly. Mm -hmm. And because you don't get, as a manager, you don't get paid for what you do. You get paid for what you get others to do. That's when you add value. And if, right. and if you build, if you build profitability, if you build sales, if you build the amount of loans, if you build out the, you know, the number of X's going out the door, guess what? You have value because somebody else is not doing that. And that's why they want you there. But if you don't delegate effectively, you don't coach effectively, none of those things happen right. and your value is diminished. How are you going to get a raise if you can't coach or delegate effectively? You know, if you go in, but if you go in and say to your manager, "Hey, I increased profitability by twenty five percent in my division, or we increased sales by twenty five percent over the last twelve months, and I'd like to get a piece of that action," that's a pretty compelling argument. That's right. The other side of the coin is too put that on a resume. You know, mm-hmm. I hate people to say I manage the sales team. Who gives a rats? Right. 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 But if if somebody comes in and hands me a resume and says I increased sales by twenty five percent, that's right. Tell me how you did that. And they go, we did this and this and this and this and this. And I found that this was effective. This was effective. Then all of a sudden, my heart's starting to populate saying, I hope I can afford this mm-hmm. person. You know, that's what right. you want. You want results. Right. And and coaching and delegation helps you get results. Right. And people are already working hard right. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you might as well 
<laughs> work hard and do it like this. Either they're working hard or I was talking to a, a, a client today and, and I said uh, we were talking about uh, I'm just started working with them and we were talking about accountability in the organization. And I said, how accountable is your organization? He goes, uh, that's why I'm talking to you at great length today. I'm, there's nobody here to, to watch or to make sure I'm oh. on something productive. And he says, that's what we need you to do is teach our managers how to be more accountable and how to make our people more accountable so that we're more productive as an organization. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's very powerful. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So um, should, then we come back and we'll do the uh, the six effective tools of, of uh, delegation. Okay. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with more Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Rory on the power of goals and leadership. <laughs> he says, the best boss I ever had was Ewing Kaufman. I said, why? And he says, Ewing Kaufman was so good at firing up a group. He gave great presentations. And he could fire us up. And so he had a presentation one day where he had all the sales team. And he said, you know, we've got to go out and beat last year's goals. We've got to really get after it. And he had them all fired up. They could just run through walls for Ewing Kaufman. And they were all fired up. And he says, right now, reach in your pocket and get your business card out. And he says, in that business card, what I want you to do is I want you to write down on the business card how much you're going to beat your quota by. So he said they were so fired up. People just wrote incredible numbers. And they all started to walk out. But Ewing Kaufman beat him to the back door. And while he was there, he held his hand out. Give me that card. Exactly right. Give me that card. He collected all the cards. What do you think he did? Every month, he monitored their sales. I said, what was the result? He said, the results were pretty simple. He challenged me to be the best I'd ever been in my entire life. I had the most sales that year I'd ever had. And for the company, we had the most sales ever. See the power of leadership? For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. Welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. We have been talking about delegation and the challenges and solutions to coaching. Absolutely. And so there's just a whole host of people, why people don't coach. We mentioned a lot of those before the break. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, what probably ought to do is give them some good examples. What do you think? Excellent. That sounds good. And, uh, and, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of build the scale here a little bit. Talk about, you know, ineffective examples of, of delegation and then getting more and more effective. Okay. and how you move up the scale of, uh, of empowerment with, with employees. So, so this could be the ladder of delegation. Oh, he, there we go. You, <laughs> you should go into marketing. Well, thank you for delegating to me that I could say that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So the first delegation example is merely giving directions. You ought to do this. You could do that. You should do that. Um, and this is type is really, really micromanagement. And it leaves you in control, mm-hmm. but it, it's really time-consuming, redundant, and it, it easily leads to frustration for your oh, folks. Yeah. So you want to you stay away from that if you can. And then the next kind of level of delegation is an example where an employee, uh, you, you take, you give them a task. So you allow someone to do some research, say, hey, I'm interested in doing this. Once you, once you find out from vendors or find this out and bring it back to me and then, you know, that you'll sit on your throne and they'll bring you the data and the information and all of a sudden then you'll make a decision and you're, you know, it's like, it's that, that I call it the king and queen syndrome where you're, you're in charge. You people bring the subjects, bring you the information. And because of your great intellect and knowledge, you're <laughs> able to make that decision. Uh, so and, you, they get, all they do is get the information and that's it. Yeah. They do the homework they, for they're you. They're Google for you. Yeah. They, right. <laughs> they're Google for you. Exactly. Another, right. another way of, of saying that they're Google. Um, and then the third way is, uh, you delegate responsibility to someone, you let them make a decision, but you 
kind of hold the final mm. say. So you go, well, you, you do this. What do you think? And then you bring it back to me and then I'll tell you what you think. You know, and, and so, yeah, and I'll tell you your answer to this question. So th- that's really not delegation. That's kind of manipulation. You're you're acting like people are involved in the process, but they're really not. I, I got to share with you, I had, mm-hmm. this is one of my biggest errors ever mm-hmm. as a leader. Mm-hmm. I told a trainer developer to develop some training. Mm-hmm. They had, they were delegated to have everything put together and I go do it. So they brought it back to me. I go, nope, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and she let me have it. And she was a really good employee and uh-huh. let me know, hey, that's not how we should be doing things. And I was very guilty of that. Right. And, and, and she helped you. Absolutely. I think about it many years later. Right. Uh, however, though, she did it in a way that wasn't you know, negative to you. It was just like, let's think about this next that's time. Right. You that's know, right. Let's have a better communication. And, and had you delegated to her in a coaching style... It would have been different. Right, because you mm-hmm. would have said, okay, here's the process. This is the project I want to do. Now let's take a moment. You either think about it right now and, and come back to me in 15 minutes or let's have a conversation right now or come back tomorrow and give me your game plan. And because if you'd have done that, then you would have realized she was off the rails and going in the wrong right. direction. Well, and I think part of delegation is trying to understand where people's competency at, mm-hmm. is at, what they can do, what they can't do. Mm-hmm. It's not just simply go do it, right. even though they may not be ready to do it. You have to you have to push them along the way. Yeah, and and just you know what she wanted to do is be involved. Right. You know she was just being told, uh-huh. and then when she was told the wrong information, yeah. she was like, "Hey, I'm hot." You know, yeah. I'm upset about that. I'm frustrated. And she had the courage to tell you. You know, I'll bring up more of my failures. I have so many of them. <laughs> They're good examples. Uh, yeah, we should do, actually do a podcast on my worst uh, failure yeah. as a uh, as a uh, as a coach. Well, we so. only have so much time. We do. We do. We, we have to move on. Right. <laughs> um, but then also, what you can do is you delegate the authority to proceed. Uh, unless you intervene, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to let you do this, but from time to time, I'm going to check in with you. And then if it goes well, it, we're okay mm. to proceed with your idea, but I might reverse course here if I see you kind of going off the rails. So it's, it's almost like watching them type an email and then say, Oh, stop here. Uh, there, you need, you know, need a comma here, need a period there. Oh, I'd reach do that sentence. You know, how incredibly, you know, childish would that oh, yeah. feel and, and feel- that not effective way to do it. And then you could delegate with only the requirement of reporting back to you with the outcome. Uh, that gives people the the freedom to do it, but also it gives them, you know, it gives you the chance to run for cover if they do it wrong. Mm-hmm. So you go ahead and do this, and uh, you do this task, and then if it goes wrong, I get to blame you in front of senior management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a great way to do it. A yeah. great way to a great way to delegate. A, a great way to coach. And then full delegations allows you to put your subordinates in charge of tasks and decisions and allows them to complete them as they see fit. Uh, it, it gives you the ability to show them confidence. Uh, you also take risk. And so practicing effective delegation builds teams. It encourages them to take steps to new levels of responsibility and, and, and leadership. And then it also motivates them to handle situations. And that's what we really want. We want a motivated, engaged team. And so, but have a complete conversation ahead of time. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've had CEOs tell me, hey, the CEO, the CFO doesn't understand what I want them to do. And I said, have you ever asked them this question? <laughs> What's your expectations? What, do you, what, do you, what is your perception of my expectations of you? Go. Just tell me what you think I want. Yeah. And then if we don't have that, then I say, well, this is what I'm really looking for here. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And, and, then, and then say, 
if you were in my position, what kind of data would you want? And then you have that conversation. Then you truly coach the, the person in that process. You really got to have a lot of trust and a lot mm-hmm. of courage to do that with your employees as well. Right. But once you get, isn't that the goal though? Get your employees built to the level that they can do the job when you're not there in the office. That's right. You know, they can make decisions. Oh yeah, I can do that. And they know the parameters. They know the the scale. They know the, so you want them to be successful. And, and that's ultimately the goal of coaching because guess what? The more you get work done, you know, it's not your job to get work done through people. It's to get people done through work and you get people done through work. It's like the story I told in the podcast here, you know, a few episodes back where the woman managed a small credit union and she had less than four or five employees work for her at a time. But in 30 years, she created six people who wanted to be CEOs of other credit unions. That's leaving a legacy. And that's really what we want them to do mm-hmm. is, as, as you learn these skills, we want you to build and leave a legacy. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Very good idea. So that is, wow, that's a lot of stuff. That's the challenges and solutions of coaching and then the ladder of delegation. Yeah. And I love the fact you came up with the ladder of delegation. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant on your behalf. Thank you very much, Coach. <laughs> Coach Rory, I appreciate that. Now, if anyone needed to get a hold of you mm-hmm. and needed some more information, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. I've had people uh, contact me at RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. At dot com, and they can just get a hold of Roy Roland or, or look for Coaching for Potential, uh, the podcast. If obviously they're listening to it now, but another great yeah, way to do it. Everybody, give us a good rating and share with your friends. <laughs> All right, folks. Absolutely. Well, I got to tell you, man, it's grown significantly this last week. So I just watched the numbers go up, and it's cool to see. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. You bet. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Roy Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.